thanks for joining us on the Cream of the Crop podcast dedicated to agriculture. We talk to top leaders, share top ideas, and discuss top trends and products. We get to the heart of ag and put the issues on the table. Welcome to the Cream of the Crop podcast. Today we have Don McMorrin. Hey Don, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, it's going to be an interesting conversation today that I'm super excited to get into. Uh, but before we do that, can you just share with our listeners just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got there? Sure. So I'm a fourth generation farm kid from right here in Skagit County, Washington State. So that's in the on the left hand upper corner of the United States. Uh, we're just 60 miles north of Seattle, and uh, it's a great little farming community that I was able to grow up in. And, uh, you know, had a great time farming, but uh, when I was a sophomore in college, uh, my dad came to me, and uh, the bankers were really putting a lot of pressure on him to, to scale down the farm and to get out of my favorite portion of the farm, which was potatoes. Mm-hmm. And so we had this really difficult conversation about me doing something different because the farm wasn't going to be big enough for the both of us. And so that's when I got really serious about my academic career and uh, decided that I would double down, get my master's at Oregon State University and have the potential to apply for extension jobs uh, right here in my home community. Mm-hmm. Just so happened that uh, my predecessor retired early and I and I interviewed against a great number of individuals and, and beat them out for the job. So here I am. <laughs> well, I love to hear that. Um, it's, it's crazy. We're, I mean, obviously this, this episode is going to be about farm stress and agriculture, suicide prevention. And um, I really want to focus on that part of your job, but I think it's, it's so special that you have grown up in it and you felt those pressures immediately directly from your father, from, you know, the banker saying, Hey, they're putting this pressure on your dad and how he handled it and then in turn how you handled it. But before we get super serious, the first thing is that it sounds like it's really cold where you live. So uh, tell me what the weather's like. <laughs> so I think we're probably about 48 degrees today, uh, overcast and uh, a light drizzle. Uh, as you know, Seattle has the most terminology for rain of any place in the United States and because we get a good deal of it, especially in the wintertime. Yeah, um, I'm going to let you stay there, and I'm going to stay here in Florida because it's, like, 69 today, and I physically, like, cannot function. Like, it's so cold, I just want to stay inside. So, um, go you for surviving in that weather. I'm I'm proud. <laughs> well, come visit us in the summertime. Yeah, that would be better for sure. Um, okay, so you work um, in the extension office, but I think that's such a – a general term that a lot of counties, a lot of states do very differently. So can you tell us a little bit about like what your specific job roles include? Oh, it's, it's pretty broad, pretty diverse. Uh, I try to boil it down to I'm responsible for getting information from the university to the people of my county. Uh, the majority of that is in agriculture, but it goes a lot of different directions really quick. So let's, let's just keep it simple on that side. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of things involved in that. Um, and again, the, the thing that we really want to focus on is the, the farm stress, the farm mental health, the, um, agriculture suicide prevention. 
and that aspect of what you're doing. So how or when did this part of your job start or has it always been a part of what you've done with the extension agency? No, it's, it's something that's really came late in my career and it all really stems back from those, those bad years farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I made mention, you know, my father and I had that really tough conversation. Um, and then not long after that, uh, his hired man decided to take his own life. And wow. he was an amazing man, uh, a father figure in my life. I grew up with his children. And uh, I didn't realize at the time how much his decision would impact me and my life mm-hmm. um, because I was always questioning myself, you know, why did he do that? Why did he make that decision? Why did he put his family in that position? And always just had those questions lingering and, and wanted to do something to help the next generation. I find that most of my job here at WSU Skagit County Extension is trying to fix a lot of the problems that I experienced in my childhood growing up on a farm. So I was going to say that being said, uh, between the years of 2016 and 2019, we had three agriculture related suicides right here in my home County of Skagit. And, uh, the third one was a gentleman that I had known and worked with when I was at the conservation district. He was the epitome of the crotchety old farmer. You all know the type, <laughs> the, the guy that you can do no right. It better be perfect. Gosh, darn it. And, uh, and I just, I just really enjoyed spending time with that guy. Um, I don't know why, but just something really attracted to, attracted me to him and, and, and trying to meet his needs and, uh, and do the best job I could for him. So, uh, when he took his life, uh, it just so happened that I went to school with his niece. The niece had twins, the twins were the same age as my twins and we had them over to play. And here I am looking into the eyes of this nine-year-old asking her about her great uncle and, uh, and, and the decisions that he made. And Mm -hmm. that just, I don't know. I'm sure you've all experienced this and your listeners have experienced this to, to the extent where you've just had enough. You've just, that's it. Like, no more, yep. no more. Yep. And so I distinctly remember coming to the office that next Monday and being like, that's it. We're, we got to do something about this. And I asked my staff if they would be willing to help me on the subject matter. And they, they all agreed. They're mm-hmm. really amazing people. And that just kind of set us down this path that it's really remarkable looking back on how things start to steamroll. Yeah. So, so it started with, you know, us saying, yes, this is something we want to do. The next thing I know, I got contacted by a, a young lady from the Washington State Department of Health. And and the Washington State Legislature had already put together a task force on suicide prevention. And they wanted us to be a part of that. And they had given money to the Washington State Department of Health. And Department of Health didn't really know how to deal with agriculture mm-hmm. because I mean, they're all fabulous people, but they, you know, they live in, most of them live in the city. They've had no experience with ag. It just, it's very foreign to them. Yeah. And 
at the same time, it's like me and my staff were at the corner just waving our hands saying, you know, me, me, me. Pick me. Uh, yeah, we want to be a part of this. We want to, we want to do some good here. And so they, they put us to task and they allowed us to create the first ever Skagit suicide prevention pilot program. And so it was this great little project um, where we got some funding and we, we started getting some promotional materials out. We started presenting mm-hmm. at our local workshops for commodity groups. When was this? And, About uh, what year was this? So this was 2019. Okay, so pretty recent. Yeah, very recent. Um, and and so from there, it just has just steamrolled. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've gotten more funding from Department of Health. We've expanded from our original one county in Washington State, and we added four more counties along with the 4-H clubs of Washington State. Which and is then, so important. Totally. Uh, it's really been interesting because, you know, I can stand on a podium and I can talk until I'm blue in the face and, you know, there's, I'll get a percentage of the audience, but if your kids come home yeah. and they're telling you about farm stress suicide prevention, because they heard it at a 4-H club meeting, mm-hmm. that's, that's a very powerful message. Yeah. And certainly so we're really Ag is so so different and set apart. The stress that, that the ag industry feels sometimes is a little bit different than, than other industries because of how stressful the job itself is. I mean, literally, be trying to control, like farmers are trying to control the uncontrollable. Like, that's their job. Like, literally every day, like, that's what they're trying to do. And I think what's so special about this story is that you allowed tragedy to be, like, the pivotal to, to turn to something good. It was that pivotal moment where it was like, like you said, you had enough. And I think that a lot of us forget that we have that same power that you do to stand up and say like, this is enough. I have to do something about this because I'm pretty sure that everyone that's listening has a friend or a peer or an acquaintance that has taken their own life and has felt that. Um, but certainly on the agriculture like spectrum of how now when a farmer does that, it's such a different feel, I think from, and, and I can speak from experience on both sides it's such a different feel um and I kind of wanted to unpack that on your side you said that the the first one was one of your dad's um workers or friends and it was almost like a father Mm -hmm. figure to you what was like Mm -hmm. what was your headspace when that happened like I know it 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 pushed you to do good and change but like what was that feeling like was it just like hopelessness like in that moment totally yeah I just you know, you're, you're constantly asking yourself why, why, why would he make that choice? Why would he, mm-hmm. why would, why would he go through with something like that? And, you know, you're, you're always, you're always asking for answers. And I think that's the hard thing with suicide is, you know, the, the person that's dealing with the pain, mm-hmm. they, they get a, they get a check out, but yet they leave all the survivors behind scratching their heads as to why. Yeah. Um, I think we can all relate to that feeling of just like, what, where do I start? What do I do? And I love that you already were at a job that you walked in and you just made a place for this because it's important everywhere, right? Like no matter Mm -hmm. what our jobs are, where we're at, like there should be a, an arena, a space in those jobs that we can talk about the different stress levels and how to manage that. And, 
prevent that. And I think that a lot of times like pride gets in the way. Like we could all talk about that when it comes to mental health, like our pride can obviously be a big hurdle. And certainly for large business owners, you know, having to say, Hey, I don't have it all together and I need somebody to help me here. Um, cause I feel like I'm about to lose everything is so, so important. Um, what, what does this like program look like though? Cause I think it's a great idea. Like we're like, yes, let's, let's fix it. Let's put the tools in the hands of people to be able to handle these stress as well and be able to come out on top. But what does that even look like? That almost feels like a far reached goal and you guys are doing that. So what does it look like? Well, yeah, I guess I need to go back to the funding sources because nothing happens without the money. So uh, as I mentioned, we got the, the pilot program off the ground. Um, we ex- expanded expanded into five counties, 4-H program. We're adding another five or six this, this next year. That's all well and good. Um, but as we're hearing about, you know, suicides outside of my county, it mm-hmm. felt like it wasn't enough. Yeah. And so that's when we started going after USDA funding. And so we received the the first round of FARSAN funding, which is the Far, Farmer Ranch Stress Assistance Network. And so that allowed us to expand into all of Washington, all of Oregon. Um, and that, that was a, a great step for us, but it still didn't feel like it was enough because we were mm-hmm. still, you know, picking up the newspaper, reading about this, epidemic of suicides that were happening in, in ag across the nation. And so that's when we really doubled down and went after the second round of Farsan funding. And lo and behold, little old WSU Skagit County Extension here in Burlington landed a $7.18 million grant oh my gosh. Um, to cover all 13 states and four territories in the West. And what is that money, so, like, what is it, that money goes directly to, is that, like, to develop resources or put on events? Mm-hmm. Like, what's that for? Yeah, it's it's all-inclusive. It's it's okay. really been amazing. So, uh, so it starts with, you know, the normal uh, website promotion, brochures, um, that sort of thing, as well as the partnership with all 13 states and four territories. We have somebody from each of those locations Mm -hmm. that we have really good contact with. Um, It also goes into establishing a baseline. So we've partnered with uh, Montana State University, and they are surveying in those states farmers to find out what their need is, uh, what what their issues are, all of those things. So we have some sort of, of, of an understanding on where things are at so we can build a program around their needs. And it's been really interesting for me because I'm a, I'm a little bit old school in, in the way I do business and the way I was brought up. Yeah. And, uh, and I personally believe that all of my farmers want to hear from me on a one-on-one consultation basis. Um, they're not interested in technology. And the survey comes back and it's exactly the opposite of everything I've been saying, yeah. especially for Washington State, it says that, uh, my farmers want to really get information on a personal basis in front of their computer, not from a person. And that really has me um, changing the way that I'm doing business. Mm-hmm. Also for Washington state, um, the the top three stressors were COVID-19, lack of time and production costs. Um, so it's, it's been interesting to see where different states lie and how things are going. Uh, we're also developing a new curriculum in partnership with Rocky Mountain Farmers Union. Um, Utah State's got a, a fabulous outreach program where, where they're 
um, getting new information in and, and helping us out there. And we also have um, partnerships with AgriBility across the West as well as with Colorado State, and we're adding capacity to their outreach. Um, so I, I'm really excited about the Farsan work. And I think the most important thing that's coming out of this is an idea that we had early on. Um, I firmly believe that my farmers are not, when they get in crisis, they're probably not going to pick up the phone and call the National Suicide Crisis Prevention Hotline. Um, And I don't say that out of spite for the line. I think it's a fabulous thing. I just think that the average American farmer isn't going to do that. There's, there's all sort of stigma behind, behind farming. And um, they probably believe that the person on the other end won't understand them. They yeah. won't understand the plight of the American farmer. Exactly. Um, so there's all sorts of issues associated with that. So we partnered with a group called farm aid and you and your listeners might have heard of that name before associated with the concert series held by Willie Nelson and other <laughs> amazing artists across yes. the United States. Willie's my favorite. Uh, they did... <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I had the pleasure of going back to the concert in Hartford, Connecticut uh, this last summer. Amazing event, yeah. amazing organization. They have an existing call center and it's headquarters headquartered in Massachusetts. Uh, it's, it was originally operated five days a week for eight hours a day, and it didn't line up very well with West Coast need. And mm-hmm. so what we did is we wrote them into the grant. We provided them with some funding, and because of that, we now have two farm aid operators right here at WSU Skagit County Extension, and they're picking up on the hours where the East Coast falls off. So we're now at five days a week, 16 hours a day, and my intent is to hopefully grow that into a 24-7 line at some point. That's phenomenal. I, When you were saying that, I just kept thinking, like, be the change. Like, you want to see things change? Like, do it. You know, you guys made it happen. You wrote it in the grant. You found a way. Um, growing up, my dad used to always tell me, I would say, like, oh, I want to go to college here. And, you know, it's expensive or whatever. And he would say, find a way, make a way. Like, you're either going to make a way or you're going to find a way. And, like, that's what you guys are doing to really create positive change in the whole industry, um, there's a few things I wanted to unpack from what you just talked about. And um, it sure. was really the the heaviness of this, right? Like, obviously, this isn't something that you're like, oh, we get to giggle and laugh and have a great time talking about farmer suicide, right? Like, that's not that doesn't happen. But what's so cool and something that's a little bit lighter to talk about is the fact that you guys are you're talking to young kids. Like you said, you're in 4-H or FFA or any of those organizations where um, they're, they may not be running the business yet, but they will be and equipping them beforehand to be able to handle this, um, mental stress in their operations or their jobs is so important. Um, and I think a lot of times we think it's taboo to talk to young people about suicide or taking their own lives, but the reality is like they're seeing it on TikTok, you know? So like, why can't they hear the statistics and hear how, how we can help them before they're put in a situation where they do see this and have to make decisions um, so go you guys for getting ahead of that and, and finding importance there. That's something that I think um, listeners, one of my questions I was going to ask you was how can listeners do better to support the industry's needs as a whole in, when it comes to this arena of mental health? And I think that's probably one of them is like, we all have families. We all have you know, people that look up to us, right? Like let's talk to them about the importance of this. And it's as simple as a conversation. 
and then porting, like pointing them to these resources that you guys have worked so hard to get funded, which have been useful. Um, the other thing was I wanted to talk about how that survey, you said that you did a survey where you thought the best way of doing business was like in person and um, older, like more old school. And you did the survey and, and you were shocked that they, most of your um, farmers and, and ranchers that you're working with wanted that technology. Um, it's pretty ironic because obviously like we Highland Ag Solutions is a technology and ag company. And even in that, we still <laughs> face the battle of like that adopting technology and in the ag space is a little bit challenging sometimes. Um, so I will say it's a little bit encouraging to hear from you guys that <laughs> you have gone through these same hurdles of shifting business from in person to technology and then COVID you know, just provided an opportunity to do that even more. Have you seen more involvement with people in your areas now that you have shifted your business a little bit more technology sided, or is it about the same? It, it seems fairly similar. In fact, we might even lost some people uh, due to the pandemic just because they didn't, they were so immersed in their business that they just, they, they didn't, they didn't want it to uh, to come up for air and uh, and didn't see the need there. But um, we're really confident as we come out of the pandemic that we can we can really pick things up. Mm-hmm. And I I would just say like in addition to that, if you think about the pandemic, um, the 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 data indicates that that suicides actually fall off during emergencies. So which is really counter to what you would, what you'd really think would happen. You would think, Oh, so, you know, something like a pandemic happens, then suicides are going to go way up. Um, It isn't actually until after the emergency Mm -hmm. where people have a time to reflect um, where, where suicides actually jump back up. And so for us, timing wise, we've just been very fortunate. We've got the funding prior to the pandemic would been able to do all of this outreach and now um you know hopefully the pandemic will go away and then we can really focus in on where the need is what can listeners do better to just support the industry the mental health of the industry as a whole i always send the listeners back to the source so i'm hopeful that your listeners all know a farmer um reach out to that farmer, find out where they're at, where they're, where their heads in the game, mm-hmm. find out where the difficulties are, arise and then really do your best to try to, to bring down stigma. So growing up on a farm, I was always taught you keep a stiff upper lip. You don't, you don't let anybody know your emotions. You don't talk about issues. And I think that's exactly the opposite of where we want to be. I think yeah. it's okay to talk about issues. Uh, you know, I tell all of anybody that wants to hear, I go see a counselor mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yep. And that counselor helps me deal with like issues. Uh, a lot of the farmers that I work with, they, they drink a lot. Um, they might be using, you know, medications or what have you to try to deal with pain that they have. Uh, you know, bring those things to the surface let folks know that, Hey, you know, instead of doing those things to try to reduce your anxiety or depression or what have you, uh, try, try doing it without medications, go, go see a counselor, 
work through some of those issues, you will be better off in the long run. Uh, I know it's hard to try to quit some of those dependency things, but uh, it's been really good for me personally. So I'm hoping that I can emulate the things that I want my farmers to do. And I would hope that your listeners would do the same. I would agree. And the last thing that I love to ask listeners, um, just for a, a breath of fresh air at the end, is what is your favorite part of your job? What keeps you getting up every day? I, I just love helping people. And I meant, made mention early on that, you know, a lot of the work that I do here at WC Skagit County Extension is helping my farmers get over pain points that I experienced when I was farming myself. Yep. So. Uh, it's a great job to be able to give back. Um, but with that, it's also a very stressful job in itself. So um, I have to find things for myself to keep myself in a good headspace. So, you know, I'm into triathlons. That's something that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I like hunting and fishing. I just bought an airplane. So I've got to find activities that can get me out of this office, get out of my head, uh, and really be able to keep myself focused on the prize because the problem with working in suicide prevention is you never know the people that you save. You yeah. only know the ones that you lose. Wow, that's deep right there. <laughs> There's so much truth to that. Um, if you ever want some warmth, you can gladly bring your airplane to Florida, and we will. Um, we, we could have a great time here in Central Florida in the warmth. Um, (laughs) but I'm so thankful for what you're doing, what the agency's doing. Um, I'm so appreciative that there are people that are taking time out of their day to really, just like you said, it's simple. Like you just like to help people and that's what you're doing and in turn helping a whole industry. Um, can you provide our listeners where they can go to learn more about what you guys are doing there in Washington and, and all these other States that you're moving into? Yes. I'd love for them to go to our website. It's, farmstress.us once again that's farmstress.us and there is a clearinghouse as well as a about me page on there but the one that I really want them to focus in on is the small grants page so if any of your listeners happen to live in the west and are interested in getting involved in agricultural suicide prevention they can apply for a small grant and there is a team of seven of us that will make the decision as if they'll get funded or not. So uh, check out that, that page. Uh, if you're interested, we'd love to get you some money to host your own QPR training, question, persuade, refer, uh, mental health training. Uh, if you're interested in doing a workshop, uh, really anything that you can come to mind that would help farmers and farm workers uh, with farm stress and suicide prevention, sign up for a grant. Love to have you. And that's farmstress.us, just for listeners one more time. Um, Thank you so much, Don. I'm so glad we got to talk. And and again, thank you for, if nobody's told you today, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, whether they are in crisis or not, reach out to 1-800-FARM-AID or call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 800-273-8255. Starting the conversation and providing support to those who are in need can help prevent suicide and save lives. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast has been a presentation of Has Media Copyright 2021, All Rights Reserved. 
Be sure to follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Highland Ag Solutions. 